A very warm welcome to all my listeners who have tuned in to listen to another episode of Insider's Talk with New Entrepreneurial Journey. So let's dive in. I have with me today Mr. Aditya Damani, founder and CEO of Credit Fair, a B2B2C fintech lending startup. It offers lending solutions to both businesses and private individuals at 0% or low cost, unsecured loan options, even at the point of sale. So we are going to talk more about Credit Fair a little later. But uh, before that, um, Aditya, welcome to Insider's Talk. And it's lovely to have you on our show and get to know more about you as well as the Credit Fair, the venture in which you have put in so much of effort. So uh, before before we start with Credit Fair, you know, I want my listeners to understand who Aditya is. So if you could share with our listeners, you know, what were you doing before uh, Credit Fair came into your life? Sure, Veronica. Thanks so much for having me. And thanks, everyone, uh, for listening in. Um, so a quick background about myself. Um, I've grown up in a traditional uh, Marwadi family. Uh, my uh, growing up dinner table conversation was about trading, finance, business. So uh, always been uh, fascinated by business, but was also very fascinated by technology as a kid. Uh, decided to pursue electrical engineering and economics for my undergraduate studies. Uh, it was at Northwestern University near Chicago, uh, USA. So um, after doing my undergrad, I uh, started my career at a Pacific Investment Management Company. Uh, that's uh, a leading asset management company in the US. They manage over $1 trillion in assets. So I got my first lessons in the debt markets, financial markets, and macroeconomics there. Uh, PIMCO uh, is a company that predicted, you know, the subprime crisis of 2008, uh, two, three years before it actually happened. Um, so it was a great learning ground for me. And uh, after spending a couple of years there, I felt an itch to sort of get my hands dirty in a more entrepreneurial setting, um, you know, get my uh, hands dirty in uh, investing as well. So I moved back to India, joined my family business. Um, and uh, really like the experience of investing in public markets. But um, I found uh, that, you know, I was looking to make more of an impact uh, instead of uh, backing uh, or investing in others. I felt like I would rather be building um, my own business so that I could really uh, kind of see the impact I'm making. So uh, to make that switch, from an investor to an operator, uh, did a MBA at London Business School and worked at leading uh, fintech companies in London, such as a neo bank called Tandem Bank, uh, Transferwise, which is a Decacon, uh, and uh, Oakum, which was a small sort of NBFC, uh, uh, which was uh, moving from offline to digital. And I got to work as a product owner for their digitization efforts. So that was my journey before credit fair. So that's quite impressive, Aditya. So, um, like, you know, what I understood was you already had the background of uh, finance, right? Because you were already into financial services and trading and uh, your family business is also into it. But what was the basic trigger that led to you and, uh, you know, that said that, you know, uh, yeah, family business is there, but I want to start something on my own. Was it some kind of a personal experience uh, that you went through and you thought that, you know, there can be a solution for this, which can make lives easier for other people. And you just started working on it. Um, yeah. So I think, uh, like I mentioned, you know, uh, making that switch from being an investor to a, an operator. I mean, that uh, urge had started, I feel, even in 2014. But, uh, you know, I wanted to uh, be sure of the problem I'm looking to solve. Uh, wanted to make sure I have the right uh, skill set before starting up. So it actually was uh, 2018, you know, when I finally took the plunge. So uh, the foyers uh, really helped me uh, during the MBA as well as after that to, um, uh, to learn a lot more about uh, technology and technology-driven business models. Um, uh, you know, I, sp I actually spent time at a, a, a couple of VC funds. One was uh, Lightbox Ventures. Uh, they asked me to study the fintech landscape and uh, 
I realized that there's a large uh, population in India which is still underserved, whether in getting access to credit or even investing money in the right way. So, uh, and I felt the same, uh, you know, like for our family, we could invest in the stock market or uh, we could invest in fixed deposits. Uh, I mean, there were not actually a lot of good uh, secure options apart from that. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I did see the problem there and I did feel like I would really want to do something about it. Um, for example, when I studied in the US, even as a student, I got a credit card and, uh, you know, and that credit history like really helped me uh, to then get a better apartment or, you know, do a lot of things. So I do, I did feel uh, for many years that um, if India has to progress, uh, you know, uh, like half a billion Indian adults need to get onto this whole credit ladder uh, and uh, get part of the formal financial system. Um, and uh, yeah, felt like that is kind of my calling uh, to enable financial inclusion. And uh, this is what I want to work on. Aditya, there's always a thing like, you know, when, when you put something out there in the market, there are certain challenges that you initially face, uh, be it for getting uh, clients on board or customers or putting your solution out and, you know, uh, letting them know that this is what the society or the current, uh, you know, um, economic things people are looking for. So in, in case of credit fair, was, what kind of challenges did you face when you started to roll out your solution into the market? Um, so, of course, you know, there's always a lot of uh, challenges that we face as entrepreneurs and uh, often solving these challenges is actually the exciting part uh, and what motivates us. Uh, but um, I think, uh, A, I would say before even, uh, you know, uh, rolling out our product and getting customer feedback, uh, the first challenge I would have faced as uh, also being a single founder was uh, finding the right set of people uh, to work with and to build a team and the venture with. Um, so I, I would say that is uh, in initial days a bigger problem for me uh, personally. Uh, secondly, yeah, in terms of rolling out the solution, um, you know, we had a thesis that um, we needed to, uh, you know, we, we could uh, focus on the home uh, improvement space uh, and home decor market uh, to provide zero uh, percent and kind of buy now pay later. You know, BNPL is the term that maybe more uh, listeners will relate with. Uh, but specifically for a vertical and an industry like home improvement. So uh, there actually, you know, um, as we pitch to merchant partners that you know why don't you let us uh, offer this finance for your customers? We really didn't get that great a response. Like we would talk to, let's say, you know, like 10 uh, people in the home uh, decor industry and maybe like one person would show interest. Even if that one person would show interest, uh, not, you know, like uh, there would not be a lot of business coming from them. So we tried this out for two, two months or something. And then I quickly realized that this might not be the right industry. So we started going after the healthcare industry after that. Um, so yeah, these are the sort of challenges uh, we faced uh, initially where uh, we had certain assumptions about uh, what customers and uh, merchants wanted, but uh, you know, the market told us that uh, this was, assumptions were wrong, uh, so we had to uh, change our focus. That's great. So it, it was like the market was uh, giving you a clearer picture on what exactly the requirement was there out there. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so I, um, yeah, I definitely believe in the sort of lean startup uh, mm -hmm. sort of approach. So, uh, you know, I uh, kind of went about by uh, validating my assumptions before investing and going all in and building uh, the product and the technology. Mm -hmm. So before we deep dive with Credit Fair and understand, you know, what 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 and how does it work for uh, businesses and individuals as well, um, I would really would like to hear your first aha moment that you had with Credit Fair when it uh, when you probably it could be when you conceived it or you know uh, when you saw that uh, technically it is possible or when you had your first client. So uh, different entrepreneurs have you know the first aha moment at different uh, stages 
of uh, building up this entire uh, venture. So when was your first aha moment during this process? Uh, right. Uh, so uh, I would say, um, I don't know if it's a moment or a critical insights, I would call it. So there were some critical insights that I gathered uh, while working in uh, the UK at uh, a lending company called Oakham uh, that I mentioned earlier. So uh, there I realized that uh, how you originate is actually as important as the way you underwrite. Typically in lending, you know, people would uh, talk about that. Uh, I can take thousand data points and give a right credit decision. But um, for me, the insight was that that is not enough. Uh, you know, where and how you get in touch with your customer is actually equally important. Um, so uh, based on that, I realized that this whole buy now, pay later, and 0% and easy EMIs is the right way for us to approach and get customers. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that culminated in the aha moment that these insights and the uh, you know, ideas that I have are really working. Uh, and then we were able to actually operationalize it and got our first uh, large merchant partner, which was uh, one of India's leading IVF uh, chain, Indra mm -hmm. IVF. So wow, signing okay. them up was, I felt like uh, an aha moment and that, you know, okay, we are in business and, uh, you know, we have found uh, people who are willing to work with us uh, mm -hmm. and uh, who also are sizable. So, uh, you know, if we can do this well, uh, then we're definitely uh, going on the right track. Oh, that's lovely. So now with that, let's uh, talk about credit fair. So if you can share with us um, and our listeners, I mean that, you know, uh, what credit fair is all about and what it has to offer and what are the services it can give uh, to its uh, uh, probably registered clients, that would be great. Uh, sure. Uh, so, um, I mean, Credit Fair is a, a fintech uh, startup. Our uh, mission is uh, to help over 1 million Indians move up the credit ladder by 2025. You know, our vision is to ensure that um, every Indian can get access to the right amount of credit at the right cost and the right time. And uh, the way that we have started uh, our go-to-market has been to provide the whole pay-later solutions for education, healthcare, and the home decor segment. Um, so uh, that's the way we have uh, started up. And uh, in terms of our product specifically, our loan product would be, you know, uh, EMI loans, uh, anything from uh, 10,000 rupees up to 20 lakhs uh, unsecured. Um, and uh, the tenure could be few months. It could be three years, uh, up to three years. Um, so, uh, uh, yes, that's a bit about our mission, vision, uh, our loan product. And in terms of the technology, it's uh, completely digital onboarding for uh, our customers, um, digitally enabled uh, conversion and tracking for our merchant partners, since it's a B2B2C model. And uh, uh, another leg that we're adding is getting um, investors on board in terms of retail investors. So we believe that this is a great asset class for retail investors to uh, invest in. So, um, uh, so we are also now expanding uh, into advising and helping uh, small, smaller investors get uh, high yield uh, investment returns uh, by uh, you know, lending through our platform. So um, going forward, uh, we will be a three-sided platform where we have uh, merchant partners who are able to convert customers by offering 0% uh, uh, you know, um, EMI options powered by Credit Fair. The customers would get the pay later facility and there will be investors who would be uh, financing and you know, enjoying the upside uh, on the returns generated through these products. Mm -hmm. So how, how do you put Credit Fair uh you know, set it apart from the other lending companies that we have in India. So there would be a basic USP, right? Which you would be saying that that's what sets us, sets us apart from other companies. Yes. Uh, so uh, the differentiators for credit fair uh, would be um, A, our approval rate. Uh, so since lending is a complex business, you know, it's not only about one uh, USP. We need to have 
three or four things that we do really well to be able to sustain and uh, continue to uh, be ahead of the competition. So uh, one is uh, giving higher approval rates, uh, which helps our merchant partners uh, convert more customers, uh, you know, from a lead to a um, to an end uh, paying customer. Um, we have a much faster turnaround time and easier process. So uh, we reduce the time for, um, you know, for a, a pay later experience for a, a customer to minutes as compared to days for uh, most of our competition. Um, thirdly, we have very strong risk management. We have a very unique underwriting process that helps us ensure that uh, collections are strong. The number of people who default is very low. And fourthly, we have um, a very strong capital raising ability, which helps us source capital at lower rates from banks and retail investors, which in turn helps us, you know, again, power, um, um, uh, kind of be a, a power a very good experience for our merchants customers and be ahead of the competition. So uh, like you said, you know, credit fair is like they, you have a digital onboarding system uh, with credit fair. So uh, I'm pretty sure because yeah. uh, it's a, it's a FinTech, right. It's, it's dealing with finance. So you would have a very, uh, um, you know, a very secure environment that you would be uh, giving it out there for uh, your customers. So how are you maintaining that digital security right. uh, to make sure that, you know, the data is not misused in any way? Got it. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's really important. Uh, data is, you know, uh, the new oil, as, uh, as they say. So um, we have to make sure that the customers are in full control and uh, they are, um, you know, they, they know what's happening with their data. So uh, being a RBI regulated entity, you know, we a, follow all the uh, guidelines and um, advice that is given by RBI. So, uh, you know, we make sure that uh, any data received by us is, um, uh, it, it's masked in our systems, uh, like everything is uh, saved in such a way that it cannot be um, seen or accessed by anyone who doesn't need to. Uh, we have built our systems in-house from the ground up. So uh, we make sure that um, the APIs have, uh, you know, uh, 256 bit encryption and uh, security. And uh, finally, um, you know, there's no data that we would be submitting uh, to anyone outside credit fair, uh, except for the regulator or the credit bureaus. So, uh, yeah, we, by making sure uh, that there's, you know, the, the data is completely secured and saved in a, a encrypted way, and then making sure that uh, the data can only flow to people who uh, need to have access. Uh, we make sure that um, the customer's uh, asset, which is their data, is in secure hands. Oh, that's great. Um, like you said, um, Credit Fair is working uh, in healthcare, um, home decor, and uh, edutech, right? Education. So, uh, right, what are okay. the factors? Uh, yeah, what are the factors that uh, led you to decide that you know you're going to work in this uh, niche segment? Uh, with credit fair right uh, so uh, you know we uh, chose um, segments that are aspirational but yet critical for indians uh, so we wanted to make sure whatever product or service we deliver enables you know indians to get access to the best job uh, to their dream home to the best healthcare um, so uh, you know like there's usually a very strong correlation between intention of a purchase and repayment for that purchase. So uh, we felt like these purchases are very high uh, intent and um, you know, very important. Uh, so um, people will not uh, want to default on, uh, you know, whenever they avail uh, pay later solutions for such things. Uh, moreover, we also saw uh, from the other sense uh, on the competitive landscape, uh, large lenders like Bajaj Finance or HDFC were not very focused on these industries. Uh, since they're very fragmented, um, you know, there's not a lot of volume of customers who would be uh, walking into a um, home decor store or would be, you know, walking into a healthcare clinic as compared to a mobile phone or a TV store. So uh, since the competition was less, 
at these uh, places uh, we found that it is very attractive uh, for us to enter into so that's great so you saw the potential in these three segments and uh, you thought of diving into it that's that's great so um you know uh, while i was uh, going through uh, your website i could see a fabulous uh, customer experience probably that people have shared over there and they have vouched for your online processes that you know that credit fair is offering and how easy it is making them uh, to apply so you know uh, what kind like you know if if i am an entrepreneur and i want to manage my customer experience what kind of an advice would you like to give out there for entrepreneurs to make sure you because at the end of the day you need to keep your customers happy to retain them so what is the key uh yeah i think uh, uh, a the whole uh, focus on customer experience and really caring about each and every review and uh, each and every customer uh, making sure they Uh, you know each customer has had a good experience uh, it really has to come from the top uh, so um, accordingly uh, you know if the top uh, founders management uh, really care about all the finer smaller details that culture kind of flows through the entire company um, so uh, having a very high net promoter score and uh, you know like making sure that the customers are happy was something we really cared about uh, throughout the company uh so i think having that um uh focus was the first step uh secondly being able to follow through and uh kind of monitor um have it, uh would be the second step right so uh from uh, from the early days we've uh, put in uh, you know net promoter score tracking uh making sure uh, you know that we are getting google reviews and other forms of reviews uh from each interaction that a customer or a merchant partner would have and uh finally uh, you know just uh, iterating quickly um uh, of course everyone uh, would make mistakes we all have learnings as startups uh, but then uh, we do uh, take the feedback very seriously even if it's from just one or two customers and then uh, try to improve on our process our systems uh, training of our uh, team um to make sure that the incidents sort of uh, would keep reducing so uh, that has really helped us uh, you know maintain uh, uh, like a google review rating of 4.7 uh, with near, nearing about 1000 um, you know uh, people who've uh, reviewed mm-hmm. us and uh, net promoter score also for us i think is more than 7 whereas for many uh, financial institutions it might be just 4 or 5 right right so that that was quite impressive actually when i was going through you know that's the reason i wanted to understand you know how to how have you managed to have such a high rating and uh, it clearly shows that the customers who have come on board uh, with credit fair are definitely happy with what it has to offer so um like you know if if i if i want to apply for a personal loan in credit fair um how easy it is for for a first timer to just uh, uh, you know just to come in on board and apply for a personal loan sure uh, so um, you know for us actually the bigger focus is on uh, consumer loans you can call it mm-hmm. uh, because we typically uh, lend um, for a specific end use or a purchase okay so um, so let's say you know you wanted to um, uh, get a dental treatment done uh so all you would have to do is you could scan the qr code uh at uh, the dentist uh that qr code uh, would take you to our website or our app uh in a few taps you can submit your pan card your address proof uh just mention what is your monthly income and uh we can instantly give a decision so uh, within a few minutes and a few taps on your phone uh, you would get to know what is your eligibility for a loan or for a, a purchase rather i should say so is is this digital process also uh, one of the ways of reducing the paperwork and the time it takes to uh, get an approval uh, through um, probably through other absolutely. companies absolutely absolutely mm-hmm. yeah so having a fully digital process helps us uh, you know a deliver better experience uh, right. for the customer uh, you know because when you are at the dentist you are more worried about getting the treatment done uh, and not having to worry about did i get my income tax return or did i get my bank statement 
So, mm-hmm. um, you know, if we can make everything digital and smooth, uh, it would give a better experience uh, for uh, both the dentist as well as the uh, patient. Um, and uh, secondly, for us also, it's a benefit because, you know, uh, as things are more digital, the cost of operation for us as a company goes down. Uh, things are much easier to process with less manual intervention. Uh, we can maintain a more standard quality of service. Uh, so, um, so, so it's a win-win for, uh, you know, everyone. Right. And and now I think it is an era because of getting everything instantly. Probably now we have lost patience right. to wait for a pretty long time. So we want things to happen instantly rather than waiting in line and getting things approved. So, uh, so that's, that's great to hear. So is this one of the major gaps that you felt was there in healthcare education and uh, home decor, which, which credit fair is answering, or are there more gaps in these particular segments, which credit fair is uh, trying to fill? Uh, So, I mean, our mission is a lot broader, Uh, Mm -hmm. like our mission would be to help, you know, uh, like I said, every Indian move up the credit ladder. Right. Uh, uh, the the reason we chose these verticals was, you know, uh, we, uh, being a small startup, you can't do everything. And if you stretch yourself too thin, uh, you know, you're more likely to fail. So it's better for us to be very focused initially and understand a few industries really well, understand a few customer segments really well, and then expand to new ones over time. Uh, but but I think the challenges we see in this segments or in many other segments across India uh, would be that, uh, you know, still there are, uh, like I said, about half a billion people who don't have a credit score or who would have a slightly below prime credit score. So uh, like uh, a typical bank or a large NDSC would not be interested to serve this customer segment. So um, apart from having a smooth digital onboarding, you know, like just getting access to credit or getting the right amount of a limit or getting a no-cost EMI, uh, you know, there's just no access for uh, a lot of these people. And uh, that's the uh, first problem we're looking to solve. But but yeah, there are gaps in the processing speed, uh, the simplicity of the process, um, you know, like, um, and, and there are also, uh, since, you know, it's a B2B2C model, uh, so um, uh, the merchant partners are key. Uh, making sure that uh, we can help them grow their businesses key. So, um, so from a merchant's perspective, we are adding value. Like I think we're helping our merchant partners increase their sales by over 25% because as we are able to approve more customers, then uh, you know they're uh, getting business which might not have come to them. The customer might just have dropped out of their sales funnel. Uh, we are able to approve uh, a larger loan amount uh, as compared to a traditional bank. Uh, so, uh, you know, again, that helps uh, a merchant get more business. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that way we are also, uh, you know, like growing the uh, merchant's business and being a true partner uh, in their growth. Um, and from a customer's perspective, like, you know, over 30% of our borrowers, I think, have seen a, a growth in their credit score. Uh, and many actually have seen a jump of their credit score by over 200 points. So uh, these are the sort of uh, positive impacts I think uh, we are able to deliver uh, uh, because of having a much stronger technology-driven fintech mm-hmm. lending uh, uh, backend. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So uh, like, um, you know, um, with this pandemic, uh, digitization is one thing which has taken a lot of uh, priority now. Uh, with mm-hmm. uh, all the companies, irrespective of in from which segment they come from, so what kind of an impact did uh, fintech companies feel during this time? Uh, so fintech has definitely boomed uh, because of the pandemic, uh, as cashless and digital uh, needs have increased. So of course that has benefited all fintechs. Um, for uh, for a lending company like ours, uh, it has become a lot easier to um, onboard a customer because the more tech savvy they are, uh, their uh, document submission, KYC, you know, all these aspects can be done digitally in an easier way. Uh, more importantly, collections has become more digital. Mm-hmm. So adoption of uh, payments for, uh, I mean, digital payments is increased, which makes uh, the entire, um, repayment cycle a lot easier both for the customer and for us uh, 
as a lender in fintech um and which in turn uh, you know as our costs uh, reduce uh, because of uh, digitization we are able to pass on that benefit to the end customer so um yeah i would say uh, the pandemic uh, looking at it in the rear view uh, after you know the almost a year and a half or two years um right. has definitely helped fintech um in the middle like in april of 2020 of course things were looking scary uh, you mm-hmm. know uh, people uh, were feeling insecure about making repayments but um overall uh, you know that speed bump has been crossed and uh, things are looking positive now uh, in uh, looking forward to 2022 yeah that is that is we all are looking forward to it to see that because i think uh, pandemic but has taught uh, many entrepreneurs and even not just entrepreneurs but i guess everyone an important lesson that you know things have to change and you have to be open to you know uh, adapt to that change to survive in the market and i think that's what uh, people are doing here so do you think that indian market right now is uh, adapting to that change um, in a much better way and surviving at a much better way uh, when it comes to different companies out there uh, so if i understand the question correctly it's it's about uh, the indian fintech market adapting right. well to uh, the changes due to the pandemic right um right uh, yeah i i think a um, lot of um, i mean uh, so let's take the example of your neighborhood kirana store or uh, you know like even a you know like a, like i was traveling to goa recently and there was someone selling ice cream uh, mm-hmm. on the road uh, and uh, you know it was i i saw like three qr codes there one from phone pay one from google pay one from right. atm so i don't think i saw that before the pandemic uh, and uh, i think uh, the indian fintech industry was always ready to and they wanted to be able to uh, go mainstream mm-hmm. um, and yeah i think uh, uh, they have adapted to it very well uh, it has gone uh, pretty much mainstream um, and uh, uh, technology was you know always needed in a country like india because to reach a low uh, sorry uh, to re- reach a very large population effectively uh, but with doesn't really actually have a lot of spending power uh, mm-hmm. you know technology is the only way that uh, can kind of do that and uh, i would say apart from uh, the fintech companies which have risen to the challenge uh, actually i would really want to give credit to the government for enabling fintech with very strong uh, digital infrastructure whether it be aadhaar for kyc uh, enatch and upi for payments you know uh, signing of loan agreements etc uh, so um, a very uh, positive uh, attitude from the government and the rbi i feel has enabled uh, uh, fintech to really um, uh, be in the right place and sort of uh, rise up to the challenge uh, post pandemic mm-hmm. that's true and and with the boom right i mean uh... Uh, people people grow and so does the company because the company works when you have a very good muscle and good talent working for you and that's how how it grows so let's let's get on to the employment so uh, you have yourself personally worked in uh, different companies across the world right so um, do you do you see that there is a kind of a mindset change when it comes to working in startup or people are still hesitant to um you work in startup industry um so i would say that uh, when i started off in 2018 i still feel there was some reluctance i don't think people would easily uh, leave their jobs and um you know join a startup uh, in uh, uh, but yeah this year i would say it's probably the opposite uh, mm-hmm. i think everyone is looking uh, at opportunities uh you know uh, to be in startup the best challenge realizes that uh, the experience the growth and sort of the freedom of uh, you know uh, working in a way that uh, uh, would lead to their personal development um is much better at the startup uh, obviously it helps with the funding boom that's happened this year uh, okay. anyways a uh, lot of 
startups are kind of um, giving uh, even better packages probably than large companies. But I think irrespective, like um, every year we see more and more people uh, open mm-hmm. to, um, you know, joining startups. And um, I think that trend uh, is hopefully going to continue. So what, what do you think was the main shift that you feel personally that happened between 2018 and now that, you know, people are opening up? Is it is it because uh, probably like you said earlier, right, because they are getting funded well and hence there is a good package that is given. Is that the only reason why do you, you see that, you know, there is a change in the mindset for people to get hired or there's something else that is uh, probably, uh, you know, uh, changed uh, during these years? Um, I, I would say, uh, you know, uh, of course, as you see uh, your friends succeed, uh, then it uh, really gives you a lot of confidence boost and, uh, you know, makes you probably less worried about dipping your toes in the water. So uh, the startup boom has, I mean, I think it's been going on for nearly 15 years in India right. since 2006, at least probably I would say, right? So over the last uh, more than a decade, uh, people have seen a lot of people enter the startup uh, universe. A um, lot of people have done well in their careers. And uh, even if people fail in a startup, they find that getting another job is quite uh, easy. Um, you know, uh, So the downside is not really that much as they might have thought uh, earlier. So I think that is the bigger driving factor. Uh, a, like anyways, there's not much of a downside. B, um, actually, even the big companies are right now primarily looking for digital and tech talent. Uh, they want talent that understands tech platform businesses, that understands technology. So, uh, you know, it is actually better for most people's careers if um, they, uh, you know, work in a startup or they work in a technology-driven uh, company. So, um, so, so that is anyways a talent that is required today and in demand. And finally, I would say actually the biggest factor is more the upside on the ESOP, right? Uh, like earlier, you know, it would take five, seven years for uh, people to uh, cash in their ESOP. No one really understood the value of it. But uh, I think people understand the value of that now. They see that uh, even if you're, uh, you know, it's only been two, three years that you're in a startup still, you could get the opportunity to uh, make a life-changing amount of money um, if you are in the right startup at the right time. Um, so, uh, so, so I think all these factors have come together uh, mm-hmm. to uh, give a big boost mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for talent entering startups. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a good insight, actually. So, um, like you said, right, initially, when you started with Credit Fair, one of the challenges that you faced was to hire the right people for the right job that they had to do uh, yeah, within yeah. Credit Fair. So, you know, how hard was it to get, get the talent on board? And, you know, what kind of a process you had to go through to get the right people on board and convince them, you know, this is something that that would really work. And, you know, they should, they should spend their time on this. Yes. Um, so I think um, before, uh, I mean, uh, what I realized is actually that uh, we do need uh, good talent, but um, uh, there's different types of talent required at different stages of the company. So uh, at the very beginning, I realized that entrepreneurial talent, uh, you know, in fact, uh, people who might not really have a lot of experience uh, would be better because they would not have any baggage. Um, they would not have any uh, preconceived notions about how to go about the market. And, you know, they would just be willing to try uh, anything and everything until uh, something clicks. So, um, so yeah, actually at the very beginning stage, uh, realize we need more of um, someone who's uh, a go-getter, uh, who's optimistic and who can take ownership. And um, we would have case studies, we would have uh, a very, um, you know, a methodical process uh, of vetting uh, people uh, for these values, uh, which would be primarily ownership mm-hmm. and optimism and being go-getters at uh, uh, the initial stage of hiring. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, do you think that the uh, young generation now, people who are especially passing out uh, in recent times or over, over the five years are more uh, adventurous because I, I guess every everyone who is passing out wants to be an entrepreneur in one way or the other. So do you think this is one of the driving factors uh, probably that is uh, changing the hiring in startup industry where you're probably getting the right talent to have? Maybe they wouldn't know uh, the domain or or the technology well, but have that uh, kind of an attitude to learn and uh, get things done and have that kind of an ownership and say that, yes, yes. this is given to me, I will do it in my way, but I will make sure that you have the result. Um, right. Yeah, I think, um, uh, so I, I don't know about it. Everyone wants to be an entrepreneur, to be honest. But I do feel uh, all the uh, the young talent and uh, you know people coming out of colleges, they do want exposure. Uh, they mm-hmm. do value uh, mentorship and uh, you know training a lot, and uh, they want to be an environment which is positive, which you know really empowers them uh, to kind of uh, learn as well as take their own decisions. So, um, so yeah, I think um, many startups, including ours, provide that environment, um, and uh, that is what would be attracting them to mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, uh, you know, uh, this this one thing that I would really like to understand from you at your pers- at your personal level, like you know, you've worked in different environments, right? You've worked in US, you've worked in UK, and they they come from. Like, you know, every every country, every region has a way of working, which probably you like it personally. Like, you know, this is how the work culture should be. So when it came to credit fair, what are the different things you tried to change uh, and not get into a typical Indian work environment? Um, yeah, so uh, that's a really good question. Um, so I think... Uh, uh, if I look back at my career, what I really liked from the uh, U.S. companies was, uh, you know, they were uh, there was they, they didn't have uh, any hierarchy per se. I would say like in uh, the attitude of working between um, uh, across like irrespective of your title or your years mm-hmm. of experience, uh, uh, colleagues were treated as equals, and uh, it was quite an open culture in that sense. Uh, moreover, uh, they work really hard in the US. So those were the positives I felt. Um, in uh, London, you know, I felt like they might not be working as long uh, in terms of the number of hours, but uh, in terms of um, uh, like efficiency, they were really good. Uh, they uh, did tend to have a very good, uh, you know, like social and uh, good camaraderie and bonding um, amongst teams. Um, mm-hmm. So very collaborative, I would say, uh, mm-hmm. uh, whereas maybe U.S. was a little competitive. Um, so so I was looking to kind of ideally incubate like a mix of these different cultures, mm-hmm. where, uh, collaborative uh, spirit amongst the team, uh, very, um, you know, obviously willingness to work hard because uh, until we put our blood and sweat, nothing will happen. Right. And uh, finally, but it should be non-hierarchical. Like uh, I do have to correct people all the time. You don't call me sir. You can call me Aditya. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> these are the small things that uh, uh, we uh, had and like I personally also have tried to invite um, in the culture of our company. Mm-hmm. Lovely. So um, you know now let, let's let's get back to Aditya again and 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 pick it a little <laughs> bit easy. So. Uh, you know, over the period of time since you've been an entrepreneur, right, be it your family business or credit fair. So what is the favorite aspect you feel of being an entrepreneur that really excites you? Uh, yeah, I think um, like finding a new opportunity and uh, taking them on as new challenges is uh, the... Um, uh, is the exciting part, but yeah, the most exciting part would be uh, actually seeing uh, the impact that you're making as mm-hmm. an entrepreneur. Um, so, in in the case of Fair, like I gave the examples of helping people improve their credit score or helping our merchants uh, grow their business. So right. you know, that is the most gratifying thing I would say uh, as an entrepreneur. 
lovely so uh, like you said right um, entrepreneurship is not easy and is not for everyone because i think every day or every second or third hour you will have some challenges being thrown okay. at you where you would be sitting and thinking or you know uh, what the hell am i going to do now kind of a situation so yeah. with so many such kind of situations how what do you do to just get yourself relaxed because i truly believe a relaxed mind is the one who can show you where exactly you are going to solve this kind of a problem so how do you relax yourself when such kind of stressful uh, things come up uh right that's a, a great question and really important i mean um, obviously we see nowadays as a huge focus on the well being and uh, being able to kind of not take on too much stress and uh, right. uh, you know lead a kind of a balanced sort of life uh and yeah uh, definitely take that seriously uh, so um uh, i think there are a few things like uh, doing yoga uh, is i think uh, really important for me doing it regularly so that um i can have clarity of thought and sort of calm and peace mm-hmm. uh, um i if if i do get time i really enjoy cooking as well uh, so that helps me just forget everything and only focus on you know um, and uh, on the task at hand and uh, i have a couple of uh, boys and spending time with them uh, mm-hmm. is uh, yeah that's i think another really great way for uh, for me to just uh, clear my head uh, get perspective on what is important and uh, you know uh, accordingly uh, uh, spend the right amount of effort and time for uh, the challenges that come up Mm-hmm. So uh, I I'm pretty sure you would be having having hobbies as well. I would have I would have sensed as yes, yoga is into well being. Cooking would be one of your hobbies, which every now and then you try to get in touch with. And I'm pretty sure everyone yeah. around you who hates cooking would be very glad that you know <laughs> they have a friend like you. So uh, what else <laughs> do you take up as a hobby? Uh, to be frank, I if I would have been your uh, you yeah. know in your pal list, I would be one of the <laughs> regular guests because I'm not the one who would be cooking mostly. And unfortunately, like you know, I'm married, so even my husband is not into cooking. So we do have a time. I mean, a tough time there. <laughs> But uh, beyond cooking, is there something else yeah. that you you really enjoy uh, doing with your friends or family or anyone? Uh, yeah i mean i just love hanging out and spending time with family um i, I yeah i think uh, um like playing uh, board games or you know like sort of uh, board games um and actually learning new board games is a lot of fun mm-hmm. so uh, that's one hobby that uh, i indulge in and uh, i used to read a lot of books uh, i i think over the last 6 months or one year that has reduced so mm-hmm. hoping to pick that up again Oh that's lovely. So any any favorite author that probably uh, I'm pretty sure like you said right like so far for last one year it has been quite mm-hmm. reduced but any any author that you're reading right now currently or have read recently? Uh-huh. Uh so I really like uh, non-fiction books. Okay. Um, um I so I like I mean I would not say any specific author but um yeah I mean the genre of books on uh um like uh, you know uh, the nike story uh mm-hmm. the i think the autobiography by phil knight uh, so uh, it's called shoe dog uh, mm-hmm. highly recommended very inspiring story uh, the everything store about amazon is a great book as well uh, lots mm-hmm. of learnings and inspiration um and um, i like uh, yuval uh, hariri uh, so a lot of this history and behavioral aspects of people mm-hmm. um so very interested in such topics um, mm-hmm. so yeah these are the sort of books that uh, i indulge in great so aditya the last question of our conversation so you know there are a lot of uh, like i said you know the young young blood who who really want to become entrepreneurs and are still finding their way on what exactly uh, they want to find or people who are still facing challenges in in getting success in the ideas uh, they are they are trying to implement so any kind of advice based on your uh, journey and you know what you have experienced any kind of advices that you would like to give them out there um 
I, I mean, I, I'm still in my early days as an entrepreneur, uh, still a lot of things to prove. And uh, I, yeah, I think uh, we are still very early. So mm-hmm. um, find it a little, um, you know, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, just uh, feel humbled and uh, don't know if uh, I'm the right person to give advice, but uh, definitely um, uh, happy to share my learnings. Uh, mm-hmm. A, I would say, you know, uh, entrepreneurship, I would say, is, uh, it's, it's all, as much a lifestyle choice as it is a career choice. So uh, I don't think it's for everyone. Uh, people need to be in a position as well as having that uh, uh, commitment to devote, you know, at least seven to ten years of their life to uh, the problem that they're looking to solve or the business that they're trying to build. Um, so yeah, I would uh, highly encourage first people to be like triple, quadruple sure before starting up because, um, you know, I, I mean, some people might get lucky and uh, achieve something in a few years, but on average, it's a, you know, seven to 10 year commitment. Um, so uh, that's just a word of caution. Uh, but but yeah, if, if you do decide to take it up, it's, it's uh, it's, and if it's something that you enjoy, like it's really rewarding. It's uh, hard to uh, get the same uh, feeling and uh, same joys as well as challenges in other, uh, you know, uh, other lifestyles or careers. Um, to actually execute well, uh, if you have made that choice, I would say, you know, uh, entrepreneurs should um, be data-driven and logical while making decisions. Uh, that doesn't mean uh, they should uh, freeze and not make a decision, but at least try to seek as much data uh, as possible um, so that, you know, you can make decisions that you are comfortable with, your team is comfortable with, and you can be a steady captain uh, for your ship that uh, you're navigating. Um, I think uh, empathy is something that I would uh, encourage more and more people to think about. Uh, I don't feel it's uh, spoken as much about, um, uh, and it's really important because as an entrepreneur, we have to nurture many relationships with all types of stakeholders, right? Uh, Whether it's our team, our vendors, investors, customers. So uh, technology will take is taking over our lives, but you know it's ultimately the human touch uh, which will and being empathetic uh, which will be a differentiator, I think, for a lot of uh, uh, successful entrepreneurs. Um, and finally, uh, sales is something that is you know um, uh, that really needs to be um, a skill uh, that you need to nurture as an entrepreneur. So um, there's like an African proverb, if you want to go fast, uh, go alone. Uh, but if you want to go far, uh, then go together. Uh, so ultimately, you know, if you want to go far, uh, we need to be really good at selling our vision and uh, our product to customers, investors, teams, and even our families, right? Um, so, so yeah, I would say these are the uh, things to focus on, being uh, data-driven, analytical, yet empathetic, and uh, being able to sell our vision. Wow, lovely. On that note, Aditya, thank you so much for being on Insider's Talk and sharing with us about Credit Fair and your journey as well. I'm pretty sure many, many listeners would be really fascinated hearing, you know, how you started and where you are right now. Yeah, thanks a lot, Veronica, for having me and uh, good luck to So that's all from me today. I hope you enjoyed the interview and had some valuable lessons to take in with you and the stories inspired you and you found it interesting. I would be coming with more new stories in the coming week. Every week, every Monday, you will get to hear from me from a new entrepreneur, their stories about their brands, about their insights on employment and few tips and tricks to get into entrepreneurship. Stay tuned. Stay safe and enjoy your life.